shall we? Sure. Are you ready to take this journey with me? Goodbye. <laughs> this is going to be a weird one. Let's do it. It's going to be real weird. I'm Liza Poor. I'm Mike Pelosi. Every week, we randomly pick two movies from our stupidly large DVD collection, watch them, and discuss. When it's all over, we can only keep one. Two discs enter. One disc leaves. This is DVD Deathmatch. Hello! Oh, that was a lovely tone. (laughs) That was lovely. Uh, I like to set the tone, and by that I mean E sharp or whatever. Uh, what is I don't it? know. I don't know. I don't have perfect pitch. I have I have relative pitch. So. Okay, sure. I not like me. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> How's it going, everybody? Guys, we're recording this on fucking inauguration day. History yeah. being made. You know me. I don't like to say where we stand on the political spectrum. It's true. This is a movies podcast. We're apolitical here. Just about the movies. We could be. I mean, you don't know where we stand. No. That's um, not true. They know. But uh, pretty fun day here. Just because just we love pomp and circumstance. Pomp That's all. And circumstance. Yeah, we exactly. We love them both. We love them both. We equally, like our children. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, I'm glad uh, Trump's gone because he's uh, evil and, and shitty. And, and it was very nice to watch all the stuff today. Yeah, it was. It was nicer than I would have expected. I don't, it's, I am pretty cynical and don't care about that stuff, but it was nice to watch yeah i, I got, think i don't care and then i'm watching it i'm like oh, yeah. emotional yeah I exactly love america <laughs> oh no um yeah no i definitely got emotional it's a historic moment yeah it's so, lovely so um, we're riding that high into this podcast into about this. two random ass <laughs> movies that we happen to own all right our current count is that 1,299 movies. Gonna party like it's 1,299. <laughs> um, and this week. This week. We movies, watched two movies. We watched two movies. That's what we do every week. Yeah. Uh, yep, yep. They are Memoirs of a Geisha from 2005 and State and Maine from 2000. Nothing. Thousand. <laughs> thousand. <laughs> Two thousand and zero. The, <laughs> that's how you say that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's start with Memoirs of a Geisha. Let's start with Memoirs of a Geisha. I feel like I talked a lot. Are you okay? Before we jump in, you're doing okay? Yeah, I'm great. Great, all right. Historical day. Historical Pop day. Pomp and circumstance. Great, okay, perfect. <laughs> I just feel like I didn't want to steamroll you. Oh, I appreciate the, that. On the topics at the top. Am I one to be steamrolled? You are not. I am not. Okay. Right. Memoirs, Memoirs of a Geisha from 2005, directed by Rob Marshall. Yeah, it is. Uh, the IMDb summary is, Nita Sayori reveals how she transcended her fishing village roots and became one of Japan's most celebrated geisha. Sure. Yeah, sure. Great. Um, okay, we own this. Yeah, why do we own this? <laughs> Because it was definitely from that era of just, like, buying whatever. Because that's how you could see movies. Because this is, it's, like, disc one of two, but we only have disc one. Which means that, like, where, you know, we bought it from Blockbuster, Target, whatever. Right. um, Probably used. And it's just the one disc. Right. Um, But, yeah. and, And I read the book. Right. Then, and I remember really liking the book. Sure. Uh, But both the book and the movie are full of controversy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I I feel like I'm interested to reread the book and know and figure out if I still like it. This felt like I did not read the book. This felt like it was probably a pretty faithful adaptation of the book. In that, yeah. like, it didn't seem like it was taking a lot of chances. It seemed like it was like, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read it, but it seems like a. Uh, here's what I'll say about this movie. I feel like we're diving in. Dive we're diving in. in. Here we go. This so far was the movie I was least looking forward to watching of our entire time. Wow. And it's not because there have been movies where I like thought I was going to dislike them more. Uh huh. It was more because this seemed like it was going to be boring. Okay. Only because this seems like a 
like there's nothing more boring to me than an Oscar bait movie that doesn't mm. trans doesn't actually isn't actually good enough to do that. So it's just kind yeah. of a boring drama. Yeah. Um, a a bore like a badly made horror movie has like you know can have camp factor. Yeah. Like like a bad like it's not that this movie's terrible. Right. It's just it's just kind of nothing, right? Kind of nothing, and so that for and I knew it was going to be really long, <laughs> and kind of like ponderous, and You're it was, hideous. and it was all these things. It was, yeah. I think I think if I recall, it is pretty faithful to the book, mm-hmm. except that I remember the book being a lot grittier. Like there's a lot more. Um, uh, kind of like abuse stuff and and sexual stuff and there's a yeah. lot more. There's one throwaway line in the film that I that I specifically remember like feeling like a really big theme in the book where where so okay memoirs of a oh yeah we haven't really talked about like, what it is sorry. <laughs> sorry so you start in this little fishing village uh, in Japan and it follows a young girl who gets taken away from her family and taken to what's the city fuck. I don't remember. I don't know. The city. Um, And it's like her parents die and she goes to live with this woman who uh, trains geishas and she fights it for a long time. She tries to, she gets separated from her sister. She tries to find her sister. She tries to run away. Um, And then there's, and then she basically, she meets a nice man who like buys her, um, it's not, I don't know if it's called shaved ice in like Japan, cone. but it's like a snow cone <laughs> who buys her one of those things. And, and he has geisha with him and she realizes that following the rules and becoming a geisha is a way for her to have a better life. Right. Um, and it's this throwaway line in the film. And I just remember in the book, it feeling a lot more like kind of, uh, you think you know what a geisha is and that's not what it is mm-hmm. and here's what it actually is and also like that's true this was a way for her to not just be a poor girl from a fishing village it was a way for her to have a life to, to be independent because of the way the whole thing is set up it turns that you know the geisha in her house is uh Hatsumomo is mean and horrible and terrible to her and there's a competing geisha who like takes her under her wing and says to the mother of the house, if I can basically, if I can repay her debts, then she's financially free of you. Right. Um, and, and helps her. And so it's a, it, becoming a geisha for her is a way for her to be financially independent. It's a way for her to have a little bit of control in her life. And then there's a love story aspect too, where it's like you trade in, being able to have a have marry the person you love, right? Sure. Yeah. But you get all this other stuff, and that it, it felt much more defined and uh, maybe heavy handed in the book and the movie. Like you said, it felt like Oscar bait. It felt like la di da di da. The thing I never read the book. The thing I remember you talking about, or like maybe just people talking about, mm-hmm. was like a lot of stuff about the foot binding. Yes. And the, the, the like, pain of that and how yes, they... Yes, there's a lot more about the rituals of it. Right, the rituals of it. the And, like, that's not in this movie at all. No. Like, And I'm not saying, like, they left out the foot binding, the most important detail. But, like, I remember that being a visceral thing that you took away from the book of being, like, oh, there's, there's a physical... Like, essentially what this should be is, like... I don't mean this literally, but this should feel like almost a superhero movie or something yeah, like that. Yeah, You know what I mean? Honestly. Where she's like pulled from nothing, mm-hmm. trains herself to be essentially the Batman of sex workers. Yeah. And I don't mean to put everything into like Batman right. terms. We, like I'm a dude. Yeah, we're not. Well, when we're not like <laughs> trying to belittle this this thing that we are talking about and honestly don't know enough about to talk about it. But we're right. going gonna to talk about it anyway. <laughs> no, but I, exactly. But I mean like they they – it's like, and they try a little bit of that, like where it's like she develops this power over men. Where mm-hmm. the sequence that comes closest is where it's like, oh, you can stop a man with one look. Yes. And there, Michelle Yo shows her how to do that on the street, mm-hmm. and slowly she it feels like a Spider-Man training sequence or a Rocky Balboa training sequence yeah. or something like that. Um, and, well, and the, sorry, what's interesting about that scene? I might be incorrect, but I'm pretty sure. So the thing with this with this uh, character Sayori. She has blue eyes, blue gray eyes, which is 
very, very rare mm-hmm. for someone who's Japanese. And I think in the book, that scene is is just, like in the movie, it's like Mameha does it first and like shows her how to do it. And I think in the book, it's just Mameha kind of like, almost like waxing poetic, like, oh, well, you should be able to stop a man in his tracks, not yeah. expecting her to actually do it. And then she does it. Mm-hmm. And she does it because she has these stunning eyes, right? right? Um, which feels more powerful to me. I could be wrong about that, well, but I'm, that's what I remember anyway. As someone with stunning eyes, okay. you... Okay, stop that. You related to that stop part. Stop that. This woman, people will stop her everywhere <laughs> we go. Just be like, are they always say, are those your eyes? Your are natural eyes your or whatever? Real eyes. Your real eyes. It's like, what would they be? <laughs> well, I think some people think they're contacts, but they're not. Oh, okay. Yeah. They're not just talking about the shape, they're talking about the color also. Yeah, I think it's mostly the color. Well, no, I mean the sh- you're anyway. Anyway, as su- so so as a stunning eyes American, Liza <laughs> is like kind of connecting to this movie in that way oh also. my god anyway um, so yeah i think i think honestly that's my biggest takeaway from this and i remember that being the biggest takeaway when we saw it originally was that the book felt so much more powerful than the movie was and i knew that going in it's rated pg-13 they're not gonna show foot binding or or you show foot binding they show they show people getting mowed down by like artillery in pg-13 true. movies all the time that's true but they show but, a little Band-aid on a foot. That's not that's not what it <laughs> <Sorry>. is. <laughs> they're not but they're not gonna show like a child being splashed with freezing cold water and being whipped to within sure. an inch of her life. They're not gonna show a horrific like rape scene. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I, I get it, but it it that is frustrating to me when that happens, when it's like, well, if you can't actually tell the story, then no. Well, and they could have told the story. They yes. Could, they, without showing all that stuff explicitly, mm-hmm. like in an R-rated way, right. you could do more than what they did. Right, exactly. And, and I mean, what I was saying earlier is like, like this is going to sound weird. I coming, can't wait. Coming from old Mike P. Oh, boy. But like, in the way that I was saying like, oh, Rocky, Batman, like it needs to, it felt like it was lacking that kind of like, this person has a for lack of a better word, superpower. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it has a talent, has like an insane thing. It Coming off of watching The Queen's Gambit, mm. it felt like, oh, this should be like a Queen's Gambit style series. Yeah, yeah. Because Queen's Gambit is essentially, and again, I don't mean to relate everything to like my stupid comic book shit, <laughs> but like Queen's Gambit feels like a, a, a superhero story in its way. You know yeah. what I mean? And they all, and like this had that feeling, but it didn't, didn't achieve it. Um, yeah, but lots of uh, controversy surrounding this film and the book. Like I said, the book, I think it was, uh, there was something about, there. there's a geisha who um, sued the author of the book for basically stealing her stories and not telling her that he was going to, like, like stories that she told him in confidence. That it was for a book. Like yeah. He didn't, he didn't I, say that. Yeah. Again, I'm doing very surface research here. I didn't look into it too far. <laughs> hey, but, <laughs> me too, bro. Me too. But that was one of the things. And then the, the big controversy with the film, uh, obviously, is that the, I think it's three of the main characters are not Japanese. Right. They're Chinese they're actresses. Chinese. It's Michelle <laughs> Yeoh, Zhang Ziyi. Yeah. And... Um, I think Gong Li, who plays Matsu... Who, Hatsumomo. Hatsumomo. Yeah. Sorry, Matsuhomo. That was not it. Sorry. No, Hatsumomo. Wow. <laughs> Jesus. Um. <It's> not... <laughs> and Gong Li, who plays Hatsumomo. Yes. Right. Yes. So they're all Chinese. And, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I knew that or was offended by it when I was watching it. But, mm-hmm. like... You know that is that is right. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a movie about geisha, then right. they should fucking be Japanese. That seems pretty clear. Now, again, the rumors surrounding that are that they held an open call for Japanese actresses and no one showed up. That's what the studio. No said. one showed up. Exactly. I'm like <laughs> okay. Mm. All right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the studio is saying that they tried to cast japanese actresses and they they didn't they couldn't okay that's so, not true right like I, I, I don't believe that but um um the uh i mean and but the one thing we haven't talked about is that this is a movie about uh early 20th century japan yeah um every character besides two who come in way late in the movie are japanese 
the movie's in English. Oh yeah, yeah, like fully in English. It's like it, which you know, is crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's that just feels like such old school, big like like if it's like Ben Hur or some like yeah, so just such old school shit. Yeah, that doesn't apply anymore like this movie feels very dated for being only 15 years old right in english they all have accents including you've got one actress who is american and they had to teach her to have a japanese tinged accent oh wow the woman playing pumpkin oh yeah she was great um she was great and two of the actresses uh gong lee and the girl who plays young sayori Mm -hmm. did not speak english so they taught them their lines phonetically oh lordy right so it's just it's a mess (laughs) it's all a fucking mess is what it is it's also not shot in japan they built sets right it's clearly shot in like burbank or whatever yeah and uh you know they're all going in and out after they really are um and it's just so frustrating because it's like it's You've got such an interesting concept here of, of like I said, you think you know what a geisha is. And this, the, the concept, the story is, is flipping that on its head and, and, and saying, no, you don't know what a geisha is. Right. And then they just like fucked it all up, man. Yeah. Well, and I think you want it to be, I don't mean to just rag on this movie, mm. um, but that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, that you, I want it to be empowering in some way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is about, like, what you were saying. This is about her taking ownership of her body, of her talents, of herself, mm-hmm. and getting out of poverty yeah. that way. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't want, I'm not saying it's like, oh, early 20th century Japan, Yas Queen, that was like, whatever. <laughs> like, but I just mean that you want it to be kind of, empowering in some way and the movie winds up especially with all that stuff about the gis at the end yeah um just being all about her like piety and her Mm -hmm. virginity and her i mean this you know her like all that stuff and not i'm not saying like oh why isn't this movie woke (laughs) but uh but i just mean like you know it just feels gross yeah feels gross and it's a shame now, all that being said, the performances are lovely. Lovely. It's lovely. It's lovely the little to watch. Girl, the little girl is, is incredible, yeah. I think. Yeah, the young Sayori is incredible, um, especially when you realize that she didn't know what she was saying. <laughs> all of what I'm saying <laughs> is like, I'm, I'm only seeing ways this could have worked. Yeah. But it's not like, it's, it's the same thing I was saying earlier. It's not terrible. Right. It's just fine. Yeah. And Just Fine is, like, the worst kind of movie to me. Yeah, and it feels, especially with this one, it feels very much like um, white people patting themselves on the back. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, look at how cultured we are. We saw this movie about being a geisha. It's, like, not what you think it is, you guys. Okay? There's, like, all this stuff. Like, I can just see, I can just see it. You know what I mean? Sure, 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 sure. Um, which is a bummer. <laughs> um, another thing that I will rag this movie for is that the char- is the character of Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't really say in the movie why she's called Pumpkin. Do you know why she's called Pumpkin? No. She's called Pumpkin because as a child, her face was so round, it was like a pumpkin. She's supposed to be fat. Oh, I see. I <laughs> the get actresses it. who played her were not fat uh, in no the slightest. No fat in this yeah. movie. That's the, the sumo whole, wrestlers. They yeah, exactly. Like, that's the whole, the whole point of that character is, is that she is kind of this happy-go-lucky, like, plump, round giggly kid Mm -hmm. and she just wants the best and she gets screwed over and over and over again and then in the end she kind of tries to fuck Sayuri over too but she's supposed to be fat and she's not fat not fat not even slightly and and like neither one of the actresses who played her even like had a very had a particularly round face (laughs) it's like they're just calling her pumpkin and I'm like well this doesn't make any sense um yeah, uh, you know, yeah, you said all the performances are lovely. Like, it's lovely to, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Ken Watanabe is great. Oh, Watch yeah, Watanabe. so wonderful. Yeah, and, and like, I feel like, uh, 
Rob Marshall's a weird one for me because he feels like everything I want to dislike, if that makes any sense. Well, but then I, I like plenty of his movies yeah. a lot. Yeah, I I think like he's fine. Like I I like knocked it out of the park with Chicago. I think. right exactly. I think that's why I'm like I really like you. And then but he just has never quite lived up to Chicago. Mm. Into the Woods is fine. I think. Yeah, but that's not him. That's into the woods, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, you're, you've gone somewhere. Um, Mary Poppins Returns was fine. Uh, sure. Yeah, it's like it's like I said. It's like there's something about me that prevents me from being like, Rob Marshall is great. Yeah. Well, I, I don't quite know what it is. I think he hasn't. Despite the fact that I really like a lot of his yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. I don't know. Do you have anything else? I didn't take a lot of notes during this movie. Because I yeah, was just like, I. I was also so sleepy. <laughs> We're always so sleepy. We are, but this movie did not help. <laughs> was it more interesting than you thought it was going to be? No, it was exactly okay. what I thought it was going to be. Great. Which was like, <laughs> not terrible. Again, not like the worst movie you've ever seen. Right. A totally fine movie. Right. It felt, for me, it felt hard, difficult to watch because it's it's not as easy for me now to ignore the them speaking English, the them not finding Japanese actresses, the you know what I mean? Yeah, the There's also a whole thing with like the the makeup. They didn't even do some of it right. Like the makeup of the time, there's it was a big point of contention that at the time that uh, this movie is taking place, Geisha did not paint their entire lips red. They painted the top or the bottom or the middle. Okay. And that's, it. you know what I mean? Just little things like that where it's like, clearly you had them put lipstick all over their lips to make them more palatable for an American audience. And it's like, well, why? What story are you trying to tell? Right. Exactly. Like they don't believe in the story enough to, right. to tell it right. Right. So it's, um, it's harder now for me to watch something like that and pretend like it's okay. Whereas yeah. in 2005, I'm sure I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh no. We definitely watched this. Because we saw this in the theater, and I have not seen it since. Mm. And you could have held a gun to my head and asked me one detail about it, and I would not have been able to tell you. <laughs> um, but I think we saw this when we lived in L.A. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. All right. Great. Great. Shall we? Oh. What? What? The, the connection. connection. <laughs> uh, memoirs. Of, this was tough. Yeah. Not because these people have, like, like it has, there's Ted Levine, there's... Zhang Ziyi, there's Ken Watanabe. They've all been in lots of movies. Right. But it, for some reason, I was having a... And State and Maine, the cast, tons mm. of people. But for some reason... Stacked. I was having a really hard time finding a connection. Mm-hmm. What I came up with... Okay. Gong Li, who okay. plays Hatsumomo... Yes. ...is in Hannibal Rising, which is a really bad Hannibal Lecter movie from 2007. Okay. Ba- I, don't, I haven't seen it. It might be great. I have no idea. Okay. I never saw it. But it's really poorly regarded, I would say. All right. Um, with, uh, shit, what is his name from The Affair and The Wire? From The Affair Hold on. and Pause. The Wire. <laughs> you didn't write it. You just wrote with. I know. <laughs> okay. With Dominic West, who stars in The Affair, The Wire. Yeah. He's in Mona Lisa Smile <laughs> with Julia Stiles. He is. Who's in, in a little movie called State, State and Maine. And Maine. Now, there is there a closer connection? Probably. <laughs> but that's what I came up with. All right. Um, great. <laughs> this has been a great podcast, guys. So our next movie is State and Maine from 2000, directed by David Mamet. Mm-hmm. Written and directed by David Mamet. Yes. IMDb summary, a movie crew invades a small town whose residents are all too ready to give up their values for showbiz glitz. Um, okay, sure. Yeah. So it's a comedy. It is. Movie within a, I mean, in quotes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> movie within a movie kind of thing. Hollywood, you know. That's literally the first thing I wrote is, movies about movies. Movies about movies. We love them, <laughs> don't we, folks? Um, so. Which is interesting. Because because it's Mammoth, it's very theatrical. <laughs> right, it's such a play. It's such a play. You're totally right. Yeah, and that I don't mean that in the sense of like, 
usually when a movie feels like a play, it's like, oh, long scenes in one location. Mm -hmm. And that's not quite what's going on here. Right. But the dialogue is just, the dialogue and the story, it's all within an inch of its life. Mm -hmm. It feels so specifically mammoth. Like Swiss watch, everything pays off, Mm -hmm. everything like, like there's no, and I don't mean, I, so we'll get to it, but like I used to love this movie. That's why we own it. Mm-hmm. Um, like this was formative for me. Yeah. I've never the, seen it. This, this was in the like, seeing it. the like 1999, 2000, like fight club swingers <laughs> state swingers. and main. Yes, oh swingers. my God. Just like all those movies that like made, I just thought were the best movies ever. Mm-hmm. This was definitely in there. And this was like the smart one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, oh shit, what was I saying? They were... Dialogue crafted within oh, an inch Oh, dialogue of its crafted life. within an inch of its life. The, everything pays off. Mm-hmm. That's, it, it, everything like feels, I don't mean this as a criticism, but everything feels kind of lifeless and all the jokes feel like math problems. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I don't mean that as a criticism even. Like Mm-mm. in the way that like sometimes like 30 Rock feels that way yeah. or something like that. Which is like not oh not bad. Right. But it doesn't well, feel like it doesn't feel like life. Well here's what yeah, here's what it is. There's there's a there's a strange, almost heightened reality to yes, it. Yes, one hundred percent. Um which is fully just as as someone who studied acting, that's just mammoth. And what's funny is that so uh the one character uh, I was like, who is this woman? I've never seen her in anything. And you're like, oh, that's his wife. And I was like, that makes sense. Because she's the only one who is just, who feels like she stepped out of acting class and onto set. Everyone else feels like um, these, I mean, these big actors. You've got Baldwin, you've got William H. Macy, yeah. you've got Philip Seymour Hoffman, who are applying a mammoth technique to um, an acting uh, persona that they already have. Does okay. that make sense? Whereas yeah, I know what you mean. with her, and it, it's not, neither one is better or worse. Right. I don't, but she feels very so like if you, it feels like if you want, if, if someone was like, Hey, what's mammoth? I'd be like, watch this woman. That is it. <laughs> Rebecca pigeon. She's wonderful. Yeah. Rebecca, if you're listening, huge <laughs> fan. Um, but and it's, well, sorry, just really quickly. It's, it's, it's so it's, it was, weird it was very weird to watch it like employ to watch classes that i took employed so specifically mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah i think so <laughs> um so the the plot as it such as it is is that there's this movie called the old mill that is has been shooting in new hampshire they had to leave in a hurry mm-hmm. uh because they there was controversy and they've touched down in this new town Waterford, Vermont, and they take over the hotel, and they and everyone the the movie descends on town and yeah. causes chaos, mm-hmm. and the the star of the movie is like obsessed with underage girls, and the uh, director is a slime ball, and the writer is this pure beautiful uh, man played by <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman, and it's all about. It, it culminates in, like, moral quandaries that he has. He has to d- decide. He's writing a movie about, um, what does he keep saying, second chances, and it's about the quest for purity. Yeah. And then, obviously, the movie is about his second chances and his quest for purity. Yeah. And all that stuff. And he falls in love with Rebecca Pigeon, mm-hmm. who's a townsperson, and this town is very quaint. Yes. And it's and everyone is so quaint, so, so much so, in fact, that, like, the movie people stand around... And look at them and just go, like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, the, yeah. the old doctor and, like, the people saying little aphorisms to each other and stuff. And they're just like, this is insane. Yeah. Um, so what is it? Go Huskies. Go Huskies. Go you Huskies. Go you Huskies. Go you Huskies. Um, so this, so that's the plot of the movie. Yeah. William H. Macy plays the director, the slime ball. Mm-hmm. William H. Macy, I say it every week, height of his powers. <laughs> this is, like, after Fargo. Like, this was so, this is, like, the... Primo Macy, and he is, it is one of the slimiest performances I've ever seen. Interesting. What? I agree with you. It's very slimy. Yeah. I think he was possibly miscast. 
he's not who I would have thought of. Uh huh. But he he like he does it for me. Like in terms of like, yeah, he doesn't fit in my brain, but mm-hmm. but like that is almost better or something. I don't know. He it just it didn't. He's the only one where it didn't really work for me, and I think it might be because I kept thinking about his performance in Boogie Nights. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted him to do the same performance. Right. Well, that's that an opposite felt, character. Yeah. Well, but that that character in Boogie Nights feels truer to the slime. I mean, without the like kind of secondary stuff with his wife mm-hmm. and being like kind of spineless or whatever. But that that um, I don't know. It just feels truer to what I would think a like slime ball director would be. Okay. Like there were too many points where he sat back and let things happen. Okay. Okay. All right. I, for me, it's like he, I mean, I think I don't, I don't see any connection, but like, it doesn't even feel like the same guy playing those characters. Mm -hmm. I just, for me it worked, but I, I'm, I, I hear you. I validate you. (laughs) I respect you. Is this good? Is this a good thing to do on the podcast? It's great. It's great. Okay, great. Um, (laughs) It also stars Alec Baldwin as the star of the movie. Yep. Bob Berenger. And he's, uh, uh, Criminal rapist, <laughs> statutory rapist. That's why they had to leave this other town. Yep. And then he descends on this town and wants to do it again. The movie has a lot of, I had forgotten this, has a lot of statutory rape comedy. Yep. Like the whole thing kind of hinges in the end on like a lighthearted touch with, uh, the. I mean, that's kind of the, the title, the, the titular corner yeah. is all about, like it's, anyway. Um, so that that was a weird tonal thing where I was like, oh, that's weird. Because, like, the movie's a satire. Mm-hmm. And so, obviously, the characters are not good people. Right. And I don't need them to be good people. I wa- I've, I've watched plenty of movies about bad people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was interesting to watch a movie that was, like, comedically treating this thing where he where Alec Baldwin's character sleeps with underage women and that's like a kind of hilarious thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the movie thinks it's hilarious. You know what I mean? Yeah. And obviously the movie also knows it's wrong. That's the entire like moral quandary in the end. Right. Um, but it's just a very interesting thing anyway. Yeah. Um, it was very funny. Uh, (laughs) Philip Seymour Hoffman showed up on screen and he literally, in the midst of kind of like them taking over the hotel and yeah. things are running around crazy, and he literally goes, hi. And that's all he gets out. And both of us were like, <laughs> he did it. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like very funny to me. That yeah. Like he literally said hi. And we were like, brilliant. Yeah. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> this is a weird Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. It's so it's weird. Like it's not, it's not like any of his other performances. Mm-mm. And but and it's a comedy yeah which he's not been in a lot of i mean he was in like he's great in along came polly yeah but you don't think of philip seymour hoffman and think of comedy <laughs> no um but obviously he kills it cuz he's the greatest actor of all time he does but it's just it's i don't know it's a it's a very strange philip seymour hoffman it movie it is it's almost the the character and i'm not saying that he was doing this or 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 anything like that but the character feels very much like a dawson leary character do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that kind of like, um, what's what am I trying to say? Like, like earnest, earnest, yeah, yeah, like very earnest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, Dawson, and he, he does it so well. He does it great. <laughs> he's and I, I don't think he's written to be as unlikable as Dawson Leary. No, to be. certainly not. Certainly. Um, but yeah, so there's so, so the mammoth of it all i mean mammoth is like a famous dick right he's like <laughs> what that was just very funny like he's, he's like a famous dick right um yeah i, I mean i guess yeah. i can't remember if he like i look i didn't do any research for this i can't <laughs> i feel like he's a trump supporter or something like that or like i don't know <laughs> but regardless this so i i do have i do I do like David Mamet. Mm. You know what I mean? Or at least like the, I like the ones that I like, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Speaking of Alec Baldwin, The Edge, written by David Mamet, not directed by him, but written by him, is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. I love it It so much. I could watch it anytime. (laughs) Um, It's so good. If you haven't seen The Edge, starring Alec Baldwin and Anthony Hopkins, 
throw your phone in the river right now <laughs> and run and watch it. It's so good. The river, they're not outside listening to this. What are you talking about? We can't go outside. They're near a river. <laughs> run to the river. Run to the closest river. <laughs> um, and I love the... I, I, I mean, especially in the beginning, this movie really, like, shines for me. Like, there's just so many, like... Like, I'm trying to remember... I wrote down a couple lines that, like... Um, oh, like, the little boy... Oh, uh, yeah. ...gets a autograph from... Alec, an autograph from Alec Baldwin, and... And Alec Baldwin's like, what do you like, Jimmy? And he's like, I like baseball. And Alec Baldwin goes, baseball? That's the national sport. And it is so funny to me. And somebody says to Julia Siles, shouldn't you be in school? And she says, it's night. It's night. It's so funny. Like, it's just that... It, like there's there's just lot like lines like that there's just like beautifully and again they feel crafted yes. they feel written yeah but I don't mind that yeah no I it's 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 all it's almost like its own form of comedy yeah exactly thing. exactly um it's it's a it's a very interesting watch yeah um I I I don't have that many notes you don't which is funny <laughs> but I think I know but I think that's honestly because I was just like. Watching it and trying to figure out what was yeah. happening. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, a minute. Right. Not that it was confusing, but just like, what is what is this? What is this world? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, I didn't dislike it, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's sometimes when you're like, what is this? And right. it's and infuriating. But that's not what was going on. It was just like, it's a very interesting watch. <laughs> it's a very interesting watch. It didn't feel, there's a couple of things that feel dated in it. Mm. And there's definitely a couple, like, for example, all the statutory rape comedy was a little like, I don't know if you would do that today in the same like light touch way. Yeah. Um, there's a couple, like, William H. Macy's supposed to be a slime ball and a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does drop a few gay slurs. Yep. Which are not great. No. Gonna come out thumbs down on the gay slurs. Hey. I'm a hero. I'm an ally. <laughs> um, but uh, it didn't feel as dated as... The thing that felt the most dated to me... Yeah. Okay, so first of all, they're always, like, picking up their cell phones, and I feel like when this movie came out, that was supposed to be funny. Yeah. Like, like it didn't read... it. Like, it, it... Three quarters of the way through the movie, I was like, oh, I feel like them constantly getting cell phone calls and picking them up yeah. is supposed to be a joke. And That's it's like, funny. oh, it doesn't, it doesn't play that way at all today. Yeah. Um, That's really funny. I didn't even think of that. I think it's supposed to be like hilarious. Yeah. That they keep picking up the phone. And the other thing, the other thing that's funny to me is the thing in this movie that feels the most dated is the fact that they're making like a mid budget drama. Yeah. Just like for adults. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not, it's not like the movie they're making is called the old mill and it's like a drama about an 18th century fireman or something like that. And it, it, but if it, it, that's unrecognizable today, (laughs) like it would be some superhero movie or some star Wars movie or some, you know what I mean? Something like that, that they were making. Um, but anyway, so it didn't feel as dated as I thought it was going to going in. I was like, I have not seen this movie in over a decade. Here we go. Here we go. Here Buckle we go. up, everybody. Um, and I think uh, I'm just going to go through my notes at this point. I think that like, I mean, you, we were talking about Rebecca Pigeon and she is like the 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 love interest. Yeah. And she's clearly supposed to be just this like, this like um, folksy, wise, like flawless person, essentially, that Philip Seymour Hoffman, who's very flawed, falls in love with. Yeah. And, uh, I would say, uh, that she is. (laughs) (laughs) And she's wonderful. And, like, that character is so kind of uninteresting, because she's just, like... But, like... But also, I love her. Yeah, she's (laughs) so good. Yeah, she's really good. And those lines are so, uh, again, written to death. So... Like, Philip Seymour Hoffman walks her to her house because they start to fall in love. And he's clearly enamored with her. And her house has a porch swing. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's like, porch? Like, it's so funny. He does such a good job, too, of just being like, this guy from Hollywood who's like, I, this is, I'm holding a football and I'm on a porch swing. Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? 
Like, this is so folksy. Like, and they do such a good job with that condescension in the movie. Yeah. Um, but he says something. He's like, you have a porch swing. That's your porch swing. And she goes, surest thing you know. <laughs> and it's like, what is that? Like, what, yeah. what is that? But she sells it and it's. Yeah, there's something about. Like you said, the dialogue is crafted within an inch of its life. I'm sure that the the direction of it was within an inch of its life. And she delivers it so seemingly effortlessly. Yeah. That it, but is delivering this insane dialogue yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. But just like, yes. Right. You have a shook in your finger. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's just, it's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. I read, I read uh, David Mamet's book when I was in high school about directing it's called on directing film i think Mm -hmm. and his whole thing if i remember correctly i again haven't read it in 20 years Mm um i I haven't read in 10 years i'm not that old Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, um i'm 25 (laughs) yeah like what (laughs) um but i read it in high school and his whole thing is like is just like berating actors about not acting about like like, just say the words and don't act. Yep. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> I and am like, fully aware. And, like, if your thing is to go open a doorknob, I have I remember this passage about a doorknob, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. If your thing is to go open a doorknob, go open the fucking doorknob. And, right. like, don't just shut the fuck up and, yeah. like, stop acting and just do. You know yeah. what I mean? And um, I feel like you see a a fair amount of that in this. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, which like feels kind of insane, but also like, and it is, is its own style, but like I enjoyed it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's a weird one. It's a weird (laughs) one because I still, I still don't quite know how to feel. Like I, I liked it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I still honestly and truly am having having a tough time reconciling William H. Macy in it, though. Yeah, that's funny. I, I just really think he kills it. Like, I as a, as a fully... Because he what he does for me, and I'm not... I, I Again, like, I hear you. I validate you. I love you. <laughs> um, what he does for me is just, like, that thing where he is... I'm, I've not said one thing yet. I'm just saying nope. that thing, that thing of like how. What he does for me is the thing that like how, and I validate you yeah. and I appreciate you. But the thing for me is that the thing, is he does this thing. And what it is. What it is is. Wait for it. Um, the thing that he does is he conveys the. I keep wanting to say slime ball, but just the, I'm your best friend. Like he walks. So obviously I, I identify with the writer in this movie. This movie's about how a, like facing the crowd. It's about how the writer is the moral center of the universe. (laughs) And, and this one also happens to be Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's Philip Seymour Hoffman and he wears glasses and all these women are obsessed with him. (laughs) They, they are obsessed with him. True to life. Yes. True to life. Oh, <laughs> beaten um off with a stick. Um, Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> problematic. <laughs> but um, uh, William H Macy does the thing where he's trying to convince Philip Seymour Hoffman to stay, and he's like, he's like, buddy, we're making a movie, and that's a movie, and like you, he just has this like long thing of platitudes that kind of convince Philip Seymour Hoffman to stay on the movie, mm-hmm. and then in the next scene, he calls him the writer, like he, he does the thing where like, okay, everything is a problem to be solved, mm-hmm. and I turn up the charm to eight for this, and I turn up the anger to seven for this, and mm-hmm. I, he feel he just feels like like I feel like I've met that guy, okay. And I, it really worked for me. And I agree with you that, for that William H Macy is not like the person I would think. Yeah. But he nails it for me. I think I think it's honestly that that is all true. That he that he dials this up to this, this up to this, this up to this. I don't think that's William H Macy. I think that's the writing and the directing. I don't think it's him. Interesting, William. If you're listening, get in touch. <laughs> it's weird that he's a William. That is weird. William. William H. William H. 
Well, people. Uh, Billy. You, you do hear interviews where people call him Bill Macy or That's whatever. That's weird. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Anything else about state, state and Maine? State and Maine. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, what? here's what I will say. If you are, well, because just on the on the verdict of like whether or not I liked it, I honestly don't know. I think I did, but I'm not totally convinced. But that notwithstanding, if you are someone who is interested in in acting, yeah, I can't recommend it enough because yeah. it's it's the perfect employment of mammoth technique in his wife Rebecca Pigeon, and uh, a perfect example of of. Actors who already have a thing employing that technique. Mm-hmm. And it's just very... The contrast is really interesting to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I had not... I didn't know how I was going to feel. Uh-huh. I was like a little bit like, ooh, is this, how's this going to go? Because I, again, it's a movie I loved when I was 17. Right. Like loved. Yeah. And I still really liked it. I, I like had a good time. Yeah. I like, I really did. Like, like it was... You know, there's a couple dated parts, but, like, it was pretty fun. And, I mean, Alec Baldwin is funny in it, like, as a gross, gross... It's a shame about him. Oh, just, like, in life. Being the worst. In life, yeah. But he's, I mean, he's, you know, it's, like, early comedic Baldwin. Like, you know, before 30 Rock, like... um, And, uh, obviously, like, any chance to see Philip Seymour Hoffman. And, I mean, that sincerely. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I really, like... There's a thing, and you notice it, too... Uh, in the last shot of the movie mm. where all the like little side, it's like a big, uh, you know, big wide shot and all the characters are coming in and you see like, it's like all the little subplots are resolving in this one shot kind of. As yeah. They, as they like shoot the movie. As they shoot the movie. Yeah. And Philip Seymour Hoffman is there and he's looking at Rebecca Pigeon mm-hmm. and uh, someone's like, oh, you gotta, like, come on, you gotta go look at this shot, or you gotta come to set, or whatever. And he, like, can't pull himself away. Yeah. Because he just doesn't want to stop looking at her. Yeah. Because he's in love with her. Mm-hmm. And so it takes, a, he just takes, he just takes another beat of, of, Aww. of looking at her. Yeah. And it is so lovely, and just a really, like, nice moment. Yeah. And, uh, and, like, these like it felt it. I feel like I'm talking about real people. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it's just really good acting, I guess. Yeah. And nice, and it's like such a small, silent moment mm-hmm. of like, of like, uh, Phil, can we do that again? And just like take a beat to like look at her again, and you can't take your eyes off her, and then go back to what you're doing. Yeah. Like, and then yeah, got it. You know what I mean? And then like does it, and it's so perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Are these movies available? Uh, Memoirs of a Geisha, you can rent or buy. State and Maine is on, if you have stars, and you can stream uh, it there, and otherwise you can rent or buy it. It feels like Geisha should be on HBO, right? Yeah, that it does. For some it's reason, strange. I had the same thought. Where yeah, I, like, I don't know why. This but... movie feels like it should be on HBO. <laughs> and I don't know why, what that means, but I had the exact same thought. <laughs> Great. It's so weird. Um, this is an HBO movie. This is an HBO movie if I've ever seen one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty clear which one we're getting rid of. Yeah, I yeah. just cried when talking about one of them. <laughs> so, well, one of them has Philip Seymour Hoffman, and the other one doesn't. <laughs> yeah, so, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know that I ever need to watch Memoirs of a Geisha again. Yeah, I think I think I've seen it. Enough. Too too many times. Well, I mean, and here's <laughs> and I will say that like I was I was happy to watch it for maybe the third or fourth time. Sure. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good, good now. You're so good. okay. Thank you, Sayori. Yeah. And uh, everyone else. Yeah. Uh, we will bid you adieu. Adieu. All right. Great. Let's pick this next matchup, shall we? Hey Siri. Uh huh. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. One sec, she says. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 380. Girl, what happened? 380 is... Uh Uh-oh. From 1997, Eve's Bayou. (gasps) You're so excited. I'm also excited. That'll be great. Y'all, this is like my favorite movie. (laughs) Y'all! Oh my god. Yes, ma'am! <laughs> okay. I'm excited. Great. <laughs> <laughs>
perfect. <laughs> All right, let's see what's going up against it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Hey, Siri. Mm-hmm. Pick a number between 1 and 1,321. A random number between 1 and 1,321 is 508. 508 is... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. From 1993. <gasps> Groundhog Day. No! <laughs> your favorite movie and your least favorite movie. We knew this day would come. We knew this day would come. <laughs> wow. Eve's Holy Bayou shit, folks. And Groundhog Day. My favorite movie versus my hadiest. <laughs> Who's gonna win? Yeah, I love both of these movies. I think they're both great. I think they're both wonderful. Well, and to be fair, I haven't seen Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day or Groundhog's Day? Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day. I haven't seen Groundhog Day in... Many, many years, I am prepared to go in with an open mind and an open heart. I love that. I love that energy. Let's take that into 2021. But it is the term that you use to describe a film when you know I won't like it. You'll go, you go, well, it's got like a Groundhog Day thing in it. And I'm like, because you're never allergic, mind. <laughs> you're like allergic to the thing of repeating days. I, oh, we'll or save like it for time next travel, week. Like that we'll kind of thing. We'll save it for next week, but holy moly. And we, we, like, I want you, we'll, we're going to interrogate it next week. We're we gonna are. Find out why, what trauma about. Listen, this week's episode was real short. Next week, get ready for a long one. <laughs> a longy boy, we call a, it. A longy boy, that is what we call it. All right. Guys, thank you so much for listening, especially if you got this far. We're DVD Deathmatch in all of the places. We got the Insta, we got the Twitter, we got the Gmail, we got the World Quad Web. Welcome to a new era of not having the absolute fucking worst human ever running our country. Yep. Mild Again, improvement is all that we I We don't know where we stand on the spectrum. We could be we could be anywhere. We could be anywhere. 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 Yeah. Mild improvement is anywhere. all that I ask for. Um I hope, I hope Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You can bleep that. I will, don't worry. <laughs> Sorry, I just made more work for you. I hope you're well and safe and relatively happy. And uh, come on back next week and see who survives. DVD Deathmatch. I believe we're ready to go here. All right. Those energy levels are high. Mm -hmm. You feeling it? It's electric, baby. <laughs> I don't know where this baby thing came from. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that you start saying ironically in like 2007 or something. And then <laughs> now everyone does it all the time, including myself. Yeah. Where it's just like, that's comedy, baby. baby. New York, baby. I've actually, I am trying to cut back on the babies. Got to cut back on the babies, man. Yeah. Great. Bad for your health, you know? <laughs>